What do we do when we come to a fork in the road? Not just any fork, not a fork where both paths can lead to good, but a fork where we're faced with a decision and we know it. Do we choose the good path or the not so good path? The right path or the wrong path? One that leads us closer to God or the other further away? We have a choice to make. I found a Men's Health Magazine article this week on temptations, and it listed 19 of them with recommendations to either indulge or resist. It was, to me, also hilarious. I couldn't help imagining, like, how did this pitch session go? Were they around the table and, and then, you know, Charlie said, I've got a good idea. Maybe he was a Christian growing up. He said, oh, I always had to do this, give something up every Lent. And so I have a great idea. What if we, what if we name temptations and then tell people what to do? <laughs> and then can you imagine maybe, the, maybe his boss or the coworkers saying, that sounds like a fun idea. Should we do that together or, you know? And then the boss says, no, try, you just go do it. You just go do it by yourself. And then here he is like, hmm, let me think. Should, you know, chocolate after lunch? Oh, I like chocolate. <laughs> I just couldn't help imagining how this went. But sure enough, the article is there. And, 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 and here is what it included. Not all, not all. I can't say all of them. Gossip? Indulge. Play hooky? Indulge. Pad your expense account? Resist. Read someone's diary? Resist. And then I also felt kind of sad reading it. I thought, people look to the advice of a magazine columnist and are so easily nudged toward the forbidden apple. So Jesus is tempted three times by Satan in today's gospel to work a miracle, to give a sign, and to choose immense power over the nations. And Jesus faces three forks in the road and chooses the right path every time. The path that led to the greater connection with God, a.k.a. peace and freedom. But then maybe we think, oh, but, you know, he's Jesus, of course. But maybe not. What prepared him for that, for those forks? From Genesis, we hear how Eve is tempted in the garden by the serpent, and it only takes a little nudge for her to choose the wrong path. Oh, come on, says the serpent. You won't die. You know, right? It's not so bad. Right paths, wrong paths. We've faced, we're faced with them often. And depending on your weakness, maybe every day. So this Lent, let's think, what are the temptations that draw us away from God, away from our faith and our practices? I'll list some. See what resonates with you. Busyness. Laziness. Procrastination. Fear. Yes, fear. Lack of forgiveness, 
judgment, worry, overeating, overdrinking, electronics, apps, Netflix, Instagram, you name it. Things other people have, complacency, perfectionism, fill in the blank. Most often, temptations are appealing, right? They offer us something good, or so we think. For Eve, the serpent told her, oh, you'll be like God. You'll be, you'll be more like God. So we're offered these good things. If it's procrastination, more time looks pretty good. If it's busyness or laziness or devices, then avoidance can look pretty good to us. If it's food, maybe taste and fullness. If it's alcohol or other substances, then the way we feel can be appealing. If it's fear, then staying put and not taking a leap of faith might be appealing. You get it. When we give in to our temptations, what suffers? Our religious values, our personal well-being, our relationships, our work, our opportunities. A New York bishop this week used a fitting term that I love, the demons of busyness saying the demons of busyness can eat away at our time for family and friends and worship and service to others who need our help. But we're human, and we're easily tempted. Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness and was famished. So the suggestion to turn stone to bread could have been tempting. Jesus was starting his ministry, so casting away doubt from potential followers could have been tempting, like throwing himself off this steep precipice only to live. Think what that could do for his ministry. Wow. Having power over all the kingdoms of the world could be tempting. And Eve, she just wanted an apple. And the serpent was enticing her with the wisdom that she would receive. But God had provided her and Adam all that they needed. They had free reign of the fruit from all the other trees. But she was tempted by what? By the questions and the suggestions of the tempter, of the spirit, of the serpent. So how are we tempted by the questions and suggestions that nudge us to the wrong road? How did Jesus stand firm, and how did Adam and Eve not so? When we stand at the fork, how can we choose the right road? I can name some of my temptations pretty easily. I think many of us can, if we're willing. And part of naming our temptations, I think, involves identifying where our passions lie. Go with me on this. If my passion is connecting with people, and I believe God calls us to do that, then how am I being tempted away from it? If your passion is, say, cooking and breaking bread with people, which I also believe God uh, makes God happy, then how are you being tempted away from that which fills you up? 
Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. God wants us to be happy, to pursue our passions. So what's getting in the way? Maybe your passion is coming here or was coming here more and then COVID turned things upside down and you're not quite right side back up yet. What's getting in the way? We've named temptations and the need to consider our passions, but let's look at the roots that we need to build. There are two specific Lenten practices that help us build deep roots in faith. We talked about these on Ash Wednesday, and for those um, who are celebrating Lent, there are seven invitations to a Holy Lent. I'm lifting up two today, very specific due to temptations that we face, and those are prayer and meditation. Every single day, every time we exercise these muscles, these roots grow deeper and keep us grounded and connected to God and on the right path. Jesus, Jesus had deep roots. Jesus was a devout Jew who knew scripture deeply and no doubt was well-versed in prayer and meditation. So by the time he got to that fork in the road, he was steeped with God's providence, which gave him the strength when Satan stepped in. And his response came from those roots, quoting Deuteronomy at every turn. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. But what about this, Satan says? No, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But what about this, Satan says? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus was deeply rooted. How can we become deeply rooted? Deeply rooted in God's will and promises for us. Without a doubt, we're more challenged if when we arrive at that fork in the road, that's the first time we pray for God's help. I was thinking about this. We're getting, we're getting older, right? We're getting wiser, and we often see things coming. We can anticipate temptation pretty well, I think. Not always, but often. So when the fork is in the distance, that's the time to start praying about it and meditating and listening to God's guidance. And as we move forward and we see the fork a little closer, again, stop, pray about it. Dear God, help me. I see this coming and I need your help. And give it up and ask for the guidance and carry on, right? Keep calm and carry on. The fork is closer still. You're at the juncture, the moment of choice. Your roots are stronger. You're not cut unaware because now you can see more clearly the path that we take, every path, and these forks that we come to, God intends that we never be alone in those moments. We have a partner in faith. We have God's strength and we can trust in God, and we have God's sympathy and God's confidence in us. And alas, when we choose the road, the right road, how does that feel? How do we feel about ourselves? How does it positively impact those around us? Let's notice that this season. 
and let's congratulate ourselves for working on the roots, for listening to God often through the people around us, listen to the people around you, and let's imagine and feel that band of angels that are coming on the road to greet us. The good news is this, God is patient. We're human, we are tempted, and we will choose wrong sometimes. And that's where God extends grace to us over and over and over. We're forgiven, we're believed in, we're encouraged, we are prayed for, we are waited for. We will encounter tempters. We can handle it. We're strong. It's not a terrible thing. It's not a terrible thing. Every time we choose to stop and pray and grow our roots, we're transforming and we're growing in this very Lent as we become ever so more wise and gentle. In the wilderness also dwells our angels and God is faithfully present with us always. So tis the season to be drawn to the right path at the fork in the road.